Hey, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and we're so glad to have you with us today in the house of faith. For the last several weeks, last several months, we've been talking about the anointing because there's been a desire in us to find out more about what the anointing is. Maybe you're familiar with this word. Conceptually, you have maybe an idea of what it is, but some of these things we We've got to listen to the Holy Spirit as he leads us deeper into knowing with greater revelation what the anointing is. What is it? Where does it come from? Do I have any of it? If I do, how can I get more of it? These are all questions that we've been desiring to answer. And we've been talking about the anointing. And it's been such a blessing to us, our team, our staff, everybody who's been coming to be a part of Family Night. And we want you to be blessed by it as well. So if you've stayed up with us through this series, great. If you don't have any idea what I'm talking about right now, then just go to the Legacy Studios app. Get caught up with us in this series on the anointing. You can check out past broadcasts there on the app or at pearsonsministries.com. But right now we're gonna go right back into family night, pick right back up where we left off talking about the anointing. Watch this, be strengthened, be encouraged and be blessed. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. There again, you see it. Don't let it. In other words, you have something to do with this. You have something to say about this. Here's the way out, but you have to yield to it. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You've heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you'd do what? You'd do what? Rejoice. Jesus is saying, you guys are responding all wrong to this. You are more focused on you than you are your love for me. He said, if you loved me, you'd rejoice. Because I said, I'm going to my father for my father is greater than I. Verse 29, and now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. This is something that you and I have as believers that nobody else has. And quite frankly, I don't get how anybody else lives. I do not understand it. I do not understand how you can even function a day in this life without the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how people are not just walking basket cases. Oh, wait, they are. <laughs> because through the ministry and the help of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said he's going to come and comfort. Isn't that what he said in Isaiah 61? To comfort those who mourn. This is one of the first jobs of the Holy Spirit, to comfort people without this, without the Holy Spirit, there's no comfort. People without the Holy Spirit living in them, there's no leading, there's no guiding, there's no directing. Jesus said, I'm going to give him to you and he's going to show you things to come. That's what he just said right here. I'm telling you all this beforehand. If you don't have him, you are just fumbling around in the dark. But this is one of the major things that you and I have in and through the Holy Spirit. He will show us things to come. I don't get it. I do not get how anybody in this life lives one day without this. How do you make decisions? I mean, we were making some pretty big decisions just in this last week or so. I could probably tell you more about it in the few weeks to come. But we were trying to pick between this thing and that thing. It's a big investment, a real big investment. And we were looking at one thing. Mallory, you were there. We're looking at one thing. 
And I mean, it looked good. It, it actually on paper looked better than the other thing. And, but the whole time, I'm just like agitated. Like something's bugging me about this. I was frustrated about it. We're like, well, let's go look at the other thing. So we drove over, went and looked at the other thing and peace and joy. And I can't explain it because on paper, you wouldn't think that. On paper, you, you, you wouldn't come to that conclusion. I'm thinking somebody without the Holy Spirit has no idea what this kind of peace tastes like. And I don't get it. That's why we got to tell them. That's why we got to let them know. That's why we're shooting this and putting it on television. You've got to know this Holy Ghost. You've got to know this Jesus. Because without it, you're never going to taste peace. Never going to taste joy like this. How do you make decisions? What are you left to do? Crunch numbers? Take a stab? Go with your gut? I mean, people are making decisions every single day based on one thing, money. How's the money work out? Show me the money. And when you make a decision based solely on money, you will get it wrong 90% of the time. But when you listen and base everything you do on the leading and the guiding and the peace and the joy of the Holy Ghost, you get it right. You get it right over and over and over. And even when you get it wrong, there's peace and joy to help you back up and get it right. Get it right. But it's astounding to me that Jesus didn't do anything for these guys in the here and now to help with the here and now. What did he do? He drew their attention to the there and then. And this is what hope does. You ready? Hope. I've, just, I've never, never seen it quite like this before. Hope has the power to reach out from where you are and into the future and bring the joy that is there and then back in to the here and now. That's what hope does. That's the connection between hope and joy. Hope can literally, in the middle of a broken heart, in, in mourning, in sorrow, in grieving, hope can reach out beyond the here and now, grab a hold of the joy that is heaven, the joy that is knowing Jesus, the joy that is fellowship with him, and bring that joy right into the here and now. It's a miracle. It's supernatural. And if you don't know Jesus, you're stuck with the here and now. If you don't have this Holy Spirit, you're stuck with the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise isn't even in your closet. But you and I have another way. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 16 talks about the difference between looking at things that are seen and looking at things that are unseen. He said, yeah, we put it up here. Look at this. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Now that right there is enough for most of the rest of this world to lose heart. And it's just a fact. The outward man is perishing. You can do all you want to it. You can work it out. You can dress it up. You can nip it. You can tuck it. You can do anything you want to it. You can tan it. You can put all kinds of cream on it, but it's perishing. It is, as we speak, 
on its way down and out. And that's enough for people to lose heart right there. That is enough for most people to want to just give up and get depressed and get sad. But here's the difference between us and them. We don't lose heart. Even though the outward man is perishing, what's keeping us from losing heart? The inward man is being renewed day by day. This word renewed literally translates to getting progressively stronger, stronger, stronger. Well, where's that strength come from? Joy, joy, joy. The joy of the Lord is strength. The inward man is being strengthened day by day. Keep going. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporary. But the things that are not seen are eternal. So he's drawn the line here between the here and now, there and then. And you are literally either progressively getting weaker, 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 or progressively getting stronger, 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 depending on what you're looking at. That's it right there. You are either infusing weakness or infusing strength based on what you're looking at. And if you can't see past the here and now and all the junk that goes with it, then there is nothing and no other option than for you to just get weaker and weaker and weaker. But if you can, by the help of the Holy Ghost, lift up your eyes, look to the hills where your help comes from, and see over into the realm of the unseen, you can get stronger and stronger and stronger. But it depends on what you're looking at. And what did Jesus do for these guys? What's he saying? Change what you're looking at. You're looking at the here and now and me not being here. I'm telling you, I'm going there. I'm telling you what I'm doing there. I'm telling you, I'm going to come back and get you. And this ought to be enough. And if you put some hope in it, what your hope will do will actually reach out to where I'm headed, reach out into the future. This, this messes with Dale, this messes with physics. This messes with, with the space-time continuum. This messes with all 1.21 gigawatts. I mean, it just messes with the whole thing, man. When you reach out beyond the present tense into the future, grab what is there and bring it back to this one. But this is our Jesus. This is what he strengthens and enables us to do. I'll give this, this last scripture to you. We'll be done. Hebrews chapter 12. We got to get our eyes on the future and the joy that is in our future. You know, it's not just heaven where joy is waiting. If you believe that God really is good and that God really has a plan, you can get excited about tomorrow. No matter what's going on today. No matter what you're dealing with, going through, wrestling with, you can get excited about tomorrow because you believe that the goodness of God has put a plan and a path underneath your feet that as you walk in it, your path gets brighter and brighter and brighter and better and working for you. There's joy out in that. And even when you're in the middle of hell on earth, hope that's rooted and based in faith can reach out 
from the middle of mourning and grieving, grab a hold of the joy that's in the future, bring it into the here and now. This is what makes us different. In Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 1, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight, every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus. What are you looking at? You're getting progressively stronger or progressively weaker based on what you're looking at. Let me help you out. If you've got eyes on Jesus, you think you're getting stronger and stronger or weaker and weaker? No other choice. Stronger and stronger. And he's already talked to you about what he wants you to do here. Run with endurance. So you're going to need some strength, aren't you? That's what endurance is. It's the ability to last past the point where most everybody else has quit. Endurance is the ability to keep going when it's hard, when it's difficult, when it's challenging. This is what he's talking to us about. Running with endurance. Where are you going to get this kind of strength? Where are you going to get this kind of endurance? Verse 2, looking at Jesus. Looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who, check it out, for the joy that was set where? Before him. That joy that was out in front of him. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Talking to you about the condition of your soul, your heart. And when you're feeling wearied, when you feel that spirit of heaviness try to settle in on you, recognize it right away and change what you're looking at. Get eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And it'd be easy to read these verses and come away with the thought, well, what he's saying is, you know, if Jesus can do what he did with the cross and he, with the despising of the sinners and the beating and, and all, if he can do that, then, then, you know, surely I can do this. Sort of looking at it like comparing the little thing you're going through to the big thing he went through. I don't think that's the way to read this. I think the right way to read this is because he did that, you can do this. Not if he did, you can. Because he did, you can. Now, what is it? I mean, you talk about a superhuman kind of strength and endurance to go all the way through the cross, especially if you knew you had an out. You know what I mean by that? How easy it would have been for him to say, done, enough, can't do anymore. You know, like me, working out, <laughs> right? Done, enough, no more. Well, what's the problem? No endurance. But this, this, this superhuman kind of endurance that didn't just endure the cross, didn't just endure the beating and the despising 
and the thorns and the whip, but he endured separation from God. That's what killed him. That's what killed him. How do, how does somebody find the strength to endure that and make that exchange to lay down one's burden, removing power in exchange for somebody else's burden, to lay down the ability to destroy the yoke and take on the yoke itself. Where do you get that kind of strength? It was the joy. It was the joy that was set out in front of him. Did you see, did you see that? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross? What's going on in the cross? Yes, it hurts. That doesn't even begin to say it. Yes, it's the worst pain and suffering spiritually, physically, mentally, in every imaginable way. Yes, of course it is. But somehow Jesus reached out into the future and laid a hold of the joy of having you. The joy of restored fellowship with you. The joy of having me home. He reached out in, in, the, in the filthy, rotten, then and there, or the here and now. He reached out into the future, into the there and then, and brought that joy and it strengthened it. And he endured. Where are you going to get your joy? Hmm? We've, we've been through some things. I can think of a couple of different things in our life, in our marriage. Been through some days. I, uh, I wouldn't want to repeat. One I'm thinking of several years ago. I won't get into the details of it, but uh, it was without a doubt the hardest thing Sarah and I had ever dealt with. And it seems so serious to us and so heart-wrenching and so heartbreaking and confusing. And I, I didn't know the answer to the situation, but I'm glad I knew enough not to get mad at God. But I saw in that moment how people would or why they think that's the thing to do because it was confusing to us and it, we, were, we were literally mourning crying. And to make it worse, this particular thing that went down, it, it happened right on the heels of a 17-hour flight home from Africa where we had spent two weeks just pouring out and pouring out. We were exhausted. We were broken. And then this thing just uh, surprised doesn't even begin to describe. And that spirit of heaviness settled in on us. And for three days, it was dark in our house. I recall it. It was dark. It was heavy. And we were confused because we believed something different. We claimed something different, had, had word for something different. And on that third day, I sat down on the couch and I grabbed the television remote just almost out of anger. You know, I just want to, I want to turn off. So I'm turning that on. The Lord just so sweetly, he said, just put that down. Let me talk to you a second. 
fine, <laughs> you know. Put it down. And in 60 seconds, he said one word to me, one thought. And I saw it. I saw what happened. I saw where we had missed it. I saw what the Lord was helping us do. I got up off the couch. I went in and I said, Sarah, this is what the Lord just said. And she just began crying. I remember, I'll never forget it. She was standing there curling her hair. And she just started crying and put that down. And we held each other. And we cried. And the only way I know to describe it is like a giant hose got, got attached to the chimney of our house and just sucked that darkness and death and heaviness right out. And what it did was elevated us back to normal. We weren't bent over laughing. We weren't rolling on the floor laughing, as they say. We were just okay. All of a sudden. Now, it's not like the memory was gone. We still had that. But somehow, and over time, it seemed like that happened to somebody else. What did Jesus do? He totally ruined death. Just completely ruined it. Took the sting right out of it. Well, now I see, looking back on it, that was the oil of joy. Now, we never did a dance over it or anything like that, but we lived our lives free from the spirit of heaviness. That's the oil of joy that did that. Even, even more recently, another thing we just kind of walked through, not, not quite as serious, but it was definitely a battle and it was over some time. And I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest with you, it did not pan out quite the way we thought it was going to. And we put a lot of heart in this thing. We put a lot of prayer in this thing. We had word on it. We had what we felt like was promised from God on it. We had agreement with other people. on. I mean, it just, it seemed like we were doing the right thing and the end came and it was not the end we were expecting. It was not the end we thought we were going to see. And it was tough. But you know what? Sarah and I sat in our bedroom and we cried for a few minutes. And then all of a sudden, we're okay. What's that? How's that happen? Again, we were not laughing and running hallelujah laps around the house or anything like that. I'm just saying we were good. We were good. How does that happen? The oil of joy. The oil of joy can reach down to the depths in the pit of where you are and pick you back up and make you good again. Now I'm looking forward to some rolling on the floor and some laughing. There was a time in the body of Christ, especially in our camp, in our world, not that long ago, there was a lot of that going on. And I gotta be honest with you, as a kid watching it, I was like, what? <laughs> you know, people just laughing in a service, doing nothing but just laughing rolling around, shaking. I was like, okay, all right, okay, really? And your, your thought is, is that real? Or are they just putting that on? Are they just putting that on? Put it on. Even if you got to put it on, put it on. There's nothing wrong with putting it on. I'm looking forward to some refreshing
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television Broadcast, the Legacy Letter Magazine, and so much more. You can also visit PearsonsMinistries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. <laughs>